And now, around the world and around the corner, it's the David Bowers Awards, bringing the best in indie music to millions of listeners worldwide with your host, the David Bowers. We've got a fantastic lineup of guests, our entire crew here at the Asylum, and me, I'm John Bon Jovial. And now, here's the voice of indie music, the David Bowers. Welcome, friends and neighbors around the world. Thank you very much, John Bon Jovial. It's a joy to be here. Lots more music and good stuff coming today, including our first song, another salute to our friends in the Ukraine, Lady Redneck with Pray for Peace.
Lady Redneck, pray for peace for our friends in the Ukraine. And uh, we think about you daily, including Sergei Ivushkin of Yellow Dog Band from Ukraine, who we're in almost daily contact with, and we wish them all the very best, actually. We wish this whole thing would be over with and we could get back to living our lives. We've had a, enough in, interruptions and problems and tragedies over the last few years, the last lifetime, and in some ways it feels like it has been a lifetime. John Bon Jovial, how are things in your part of the world? Hot. It's hot. <laughs> it's really hot. And it's humid. And And <laughs> yesterday, yesterday... The, you know, the very beginning of May, I saw my first helicopter-sized mosquito yesterday. Did you it's take a ride? We all know is the official state bug of Florida. Uh, it, it probably was big enough where I could have, you know, jumped on his back and, you know, done the Harry Potter thing with him, or, or no, no, not the Harry Potter thing. The chick from uh, Game of Thrones, with, you know, riding the dragons and all that. You know? Oh, there yeah, you go. Yeah, I get. Yeah, Got to get big. your characters straight there. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. It's it's warming up out here. As a matter of fact, this weekend uh, we're supposed to be, and I I don't know yet if we are, but we're supposed to be hitting our first triple digits of the year. And it's a little bit earlier than we're normally used to, but uh, nevertheless, we we know they're coming. They're warming up. We've been in the upper 90s. As a matter of fact, we got to 99 one day. So, uh Hitting the uh, that is early, hitting, even for Arizona. That's kind of early. Yeah, usually we don't hit triple digits until June, but uh, this year it looks like it's going to be three, four weeks early. This being the first weekend of May, and uh, this is a very special day. If you're listening to us on Rochester Free Radio in Rochester, New York, you're listening on Saturday, May seventh, and today is the celebration of Link Ray Day in his hometown of Dunn, North Carolina. And for those of you who don't know who Link Ray is, you haven't been listening. <laughs> Go look him up. Link Ray, one of the godfathers of metal rock and roll, although it wasn't metal when he did it. It was just wild and crazy distortion and noise. But uh, he laid the groundwork for all the uh, hard rock, heavy rock, metal bands ever since, and uh, interesting history. You should definitely look it up if you're not familiar with it. And the first Saturday in May is the Link Ray Day celebration in his hometown of Dunn, North Carolina. So hats off to the memory of Link Ray. We had his sister on the show here, oh, I don't know, four or five years ago, and uh, we had a great show uh, talking about that. We had one of the uh, one of the jocks from... Uh, Rochester Free Radio on here, too, and uh, we just had a great show. Baron Von Litvak was his name. Baron, if you're listening in today, as I know you do on your way to the station, uh, we're thinking of you. Put on a good show today. We might possibly be listening. You just never know. John Bon Jovial, you look like you want to chime in here. What you got for us? Well, you mentioned Link Ray, and, of course, yes, the man is, is, is a pioneer. You can call him the godfather of this, that, or the other thing. His music, to me, was always kind of a mashup of uh, heavy metal meets surf music, which exactly. is kind of an interesting combination, if you think about it. And, yeah. 
yeah, he was absolutely way, way ahead of his time. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and uh, uh, especially, especially with his uh, his distortion. I mean, it uh, at one point he purposely shoved a pen into the speakers of his amplifier so that he could create this new and unique sound, and now it pervades the uh, the metal empire. If you um got the the link ray distortion, then you just ain't metal. And uh, you're right. It uh, it was there. There was definitely a mashup. And I'll tell you another thing that a lot of people aren't aware of: the man was very versatile, talented as a musician. If you listen, if you look it up, go online. YouTube has uh, has a lot of his old tracks. He did a lot more than just metal. I mean, he's got he's got tracks on there that are virtually country. It's amazing to listen to this guy's versatility and the genres that he crossed. So it's not surprising that there are early surf influences as well as what led to metal. Uh, in his case, it was experimentation. He wasn't influenced by metal because heavy metal hard rock didn't exist until he came along. But yeah, amazing talent, quite a history. Yes, John. I can remember uh, years ago, and I think this was probably about... I want to say 20 years ago, reading an article in Rolling Stone uh, where it was an old conversation with John Lennon of the Beatles, and he attributed the beginning of the song, I Feel Fine, which was on the Beatles 65 album, it, it, right. uh, the, the little bit of feedback at the beginning of it, which at the time was considered a mistake, but they liked the sound of it, so they kept it in there, and John Lennon reflected on the fact that it kind of sounded like Link Ray. Yes, right. You know, and there are other uh, others of the uh, other guitarists who have referred to Link Ray, uh, Pete Townsend of The Who, among others. So, yeah, he is an amazing talent. I think he is still very underappreciated because a lot of people aren't aware of his contributions to uh, music, especially to uh, rock and roll and metal music. So uh, those of you who are aficionados of music, definitely worth looking up the man, Link Ray, L-I-N-K-W-R-A-Y. Look him up, read about his history and his music, and yes, definitely go through and play some of his tracks. You'll be absolutely amazed. I know I tell the story of uh, one time I got to meet Link Ray, and this was back uh, around, oh, probably 1970, give or take, and... uh, I was in the Army. I was stationed at Fort Belvoir, Virginia, which is right across the uh, Potomac from uh, Maryland. And uh, one night we got in a car and we were going to go checking out the action and partying in Maryland. We went across and we're driving along and we went by this one club that uh, there weren't a lot of cars out there, but it looked like a nice club being early in the evening. We figured, hey, we'll stop here. The crowds will come eventually. We got in there and the place was virtually deserted. And uh, there was a doorway to a back room, and we asked the uh, bartender, what's back there? And he said, oh, that's the dance room. You're welcome to go back if you want. So we did. We went back there, and on the far end of the stage, down in front of the stage, was this one lone person dressed in black and setting up his amplifiers and guitars. And it turned out that uh, we walked up, introduced ourselves, and he introduced himself as... Link Ray, and I was 
I was totally, totally blown away by it. So uh, we sat there and chatted for a while, and he went into his first set, played, and eventually a couple of people came in, but it must have been a bad night because there wasn't a huge crowd there. But that was my uh, fortunate meeting of Link Ray, and uh, I will always be thankful for having had the chance to meet him at least that one time. We've got a great show for you lined up today. We want to salute while we're talking about Link Ray and our friends at Rochester Free Radio. We want to salute Rochester Free Radio, Steve Litvak's Rock and Roll Rumble, which follows the David Bowers Awards on Saturday on Rochester Free Radio. And, of course, Armin after that with Armin Steels. And uh, you love their music. They come up with some great stuff, some off-the-wall stuff stuff that you may never have heard and may never hear again, but always interesting and worth listening to. And uh, we love the Baron, uh, Baron von Litvak. He's dangerous, but you will, you will definitely enjoy his show, especially if you enjoy a little heavier rock. That's uh, Rochester Free Radio, WRFZ, FM 106.3 in Rochester, New York, online at rochesterfreeradio.com. And of course, in the evening on Saturday, our old friend Jeff Moulton does his ABC Oldies Saturday evenings, and Jeff is a longtime friend of mine. I met Jeff in high school, and he was one of my first listeners on my first full-time gig at WTLB in Utica, New York. And uh, we have a lot of, lot of fun conversations reflecting on the old days when he was my fan club, and uh, he still listens. Occasionally. He's out there occasionally. Jeff, we love you. <laughs> Great guy. That's Saturday evenings at 8 on Rochester Free Radio. And, of course, don't forget ROC, Rock the Rock, on Sundays with Brian Judah. Rochester Free Radio. Also want to remind you, our friends at Anchor FM have made it possible for you to be a part of the David Bowers Awards and support indie artists and their music simply by clicking the, the button at the end of the show. At the end of the show, if you're listening on Anchor FM, just click the link at the end of the show and make a contribution of whatever you can. It's that simple, and we will be forever grateful for you for supporting indie artists, their music, and, of course, the David Bowers Awards. Again, a great show lined up. Our first guest standing by is here for another episode of Rockstar 101, where we discuss what it takes to make it in the music world today, and I think we should bring him on right now. So let's welcome, if you will, please, our friend Durrell Part. Durrell, hello there. How you guys doing today? We're doing just fine. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Always a pleasure to be with you guys. Fantastic. Always our pleasure to have you. I asked you to come by for Rockstar 101 this time because with all that's been going on, especially with the pandemic and now coming out of the pandemic, hopefully we'll keep our fingers crossed on that one. I thought maybe it was appropriate and a good time to discuss the problems and possible advantages of this pandemic recovery period for indie artists and, of course, preparing for whatever the new normal is. What are your thoughts? Well, it's a good question. Man. I think, obviously, what the pandemic did was force us to have to think differently. Everybody was at home, right? So it forced us to have to kind of add a digital component to whatever we were doing. There was a lot of artists who were heavily reliant on, on touring and 
being in physical venues and wasn't able to do that for such a long time. And now that we're coming out of that, I think it's still a great time because uh, facilities are opening, venues are opening now, and one thing people are craving is to be around, to be around and be around people and to touch people. So I think this is a great time to uh, to be there. So as far as what artists should be doing is if you get a chance to go to some of these smaller venues, maybe some of these bars, some of these in some of these really intimate spaces, this is a great time for artists to be able to touch the people. You know, get them to interact with you uh, and really build up that relationship with, with potential new people that that, that are that are eager to connect to you. Because the truth of the matter is, these people want to discover you. I agree absolutely. It's a it's one thing that we can draw from us. A lot of people have been doing the more intimate online, like uh, with Facebook Live or whatever, doing the intimate uh, living room concerts and everything, and going into people's homes and doing small small venue uh, presentations like that. So that was good practice. And I think you're right. It opened up this whole new world of more intimate concerts, you know, where you can be up close and personal. Now, for a new artist that's just getting their feet under them, how do you prepare for a setting like that? As far as a digital, a digital show? Not so much the technical part of it as the as the musical presentation and your own presentation because you're suddenly in this position where you actually can interact directly with your audience as opposed to being up on a stage and just making general comments to the group, more like uh, almost a one-on-one where you can actually interact with the individuals sitting there in front of you. Yes. Artists should be doing in situations like that is, again, touching the people, getting their information, I think is the most important thing, right? I always say artists should work the room after they get off that stage. And it's because a lot of artists make the mistake of performing and then kind of just going back into the corner or wherever they went or and getting a drink or something and mm-hmm. kind of just leaving the people hanging. But as soon as they get off that stage, especially these intimate venues, Man, man, I can't stress it enough how crucial of an opportunity it is at that time to really make some real genuine connection. And so just preparing for that is just, like I said, you know, having a team, having somebody, um, you necessarily can't be there to gather the information, bringing somebody along with you that their job is to walk around and, and literally get people to give you their phone so you can start to build a relationship with them. I always say the right. goal one on one. The goal of a of a of a of a new artist should be how do I turn interested fans into supporters? I have a very good example of that from my history and John okay. will be familiar with this because we were working together at the time. When I went to Tampa, Florida and I was uh, First in Tampa, I was working at a country station there, WQYK, and I got what actually was a big break, but I was totally unprepared for. I got invited to host a show at Disney World. Now, this really excited me, and to make a long story short, I got out there, and I was totally blown away by the size of the crowd, and I was told to go up on stage. I was going to introduce Charlie Rich, and... uh, I was told to go up on stage, 
introduce myself, maybe tell a joke or two, two minutes at the longest, and then bring on the star. As I got through my banter and, you know, my clever wit, I looked over my shoulder to see if he was ready, and the agent who told me two minutes only was standing there giving me the stretch sign. I instantly got training in how to relate with an audience one-on-one, and uh, some of the things that you just mentioned, Darrell, I was really thrown away. I'm thinking, you know, after I was out there another five or ten minutes, what am I going to do? What am I going to talk about? And uh, I just latched on to what you just said, learning the audience. And I started talking to specific people in the audience. Uh, One of the people I met, as a matter of fact, that was sitting there uh, watching the show was someone from my home area back in upstate New York. And we had virtually crossed paths, although we never met. She had been to a club that I played up there. And uh, I got an instant lesson. Uh, trial by fire, but I learned how to relate to a crowd on a one-on-one basis out of virtual necessity. Wow. Yeah, man. I mean, it, it, it really does matter. You know, I was at a festival in, in, in Deland, Florida. You know, you know I live mm-hmm. in Orlando, so Deland's about an hour from me. And, and a buddy of mine was performing at this little hole-in-the-wall type of bar. And I thought to myself, man, this is where the magic is. And this is where you build those real diehard supporters. A lot of artists like to fall for the the, the shiny reps. They want the big vending and the big mm-hmm. but like, no, that's, that's not where the magic is. The magic is the small venue. Right. The magic Absolutely. is where the people can literally, they can touch you. They can feel like they can talk to you. They get to humanize you, Right. And, exactly. And that means so much. When they and you have to like look at it from this. You look at it from the standpoint of when you go out into a bunch of people yourself and you meet someone, how do you relate with them? Well, you talk to them personally, one on one. And uh, it's a lot the same when you're up there on stage. John Bon Jovial. Oh, absolutely. Well, Darrell, first of all, welcome back. It is great to have you back on the show again. Uh, I want to touch on, thanks, I want to touch on a a, a derivation of a theme, if you will, that you and I have spoken about in the past. So you have an artist that is supremely talented, but when it comes to any business savvy as far as molding their career and looking to the future, they don't know what to do. They just don't get it. How do you handle something like that? Hmm. <laughs> I just don't get it. You mean, I guess it comes to the business side? Yeah, when it comes to the business side of things. I mean, they can play like there's no tomorrow. Uh, and you yeah. you can recognize star quality. But yeah. when it comes to a uh, a business head, they just don't have it. Well, what do you do? Right. Well, that's also that, that's why I started to consult it. You know, that's why people like that, if they need that, that goddess, that, that goddess, that mentorship. Because, you know, creative brains, they trick differently. They don't really want to do the business, even though it's necessary. They just really want to be in the mode of creation. But they always have to do the business. Otherwise, you know, because it's so hard to make a dollar in this business that you've got to have your business right so when the money does come in, you know what to do. It. But that's why, that's why I sell with it as an advisor. As, a, as somebody they can feel comfortable with to talk to, ask questions, how to properly do things the right way. Because, again, 
education, I've said this to you guys before, education is the number one missing link when it comes to new artists. Because Amen. we're in an industry today where people don't feel like they need to be educated. They need to have it. It's like, I've got talent. I should go make records for a living. And it's like, no, it doesn't really work that way. You're not going to go to housing without going to real estate school. You're not going to go be a doctor without going to med school or be a lawyer without going to law school, right? So, again, people just think, hey, I've got talent. I'm just going to go do it. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's often where they kind of drop the ball because you have to under, you have to know what you're doing because we're in the industry. You guys know nobody cares. Nobody really gives a rat's ass about who you are until you make mm-hmm. it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And nobody's really nice like that. They'll, they'll watch you fall flat on your face. <laughs> and then, oh, yes. you know what? I'm going to take advantage of the ignorance. People pay their bills off ignorant, eager, off eager artists. I, I yeah. trust all the time. Your eagerness will get you in trouble more than anything. Because people in the industry can sense that because you want to make it so bad that you're eager that they take advantage of you. So I always try to tell them, Stop mm. being in such a hurry to, to move. You know, I'd rather you take your time and, and have a little bit more knowledge so you can be prepared than trying to go at 100 miles an hour not knowing what you're doing. But I see artists today who just release music. They have no clue what they're doing. They're putting the music in the marketplace, but they have no clue what they're doing. The business isn't set up properly. Nothing's set up right. And then down the road, when they want to go get help, they have to help has to fix everything. Exactly. Yep. That sounds to me like an excellent subject for a future Rockstar 101 to have you back again. If you're willing, we'd love to have you come back again. Hey, anytime, Les. Anytime. All right, Darrell, before we let you go, want to give you time to sell yourself. Tell the folks about the work that you do, how they can get in touch with you, and uh, how they can find you to begin with and then get in touch with you to see if maybe you can get together and have some uh, some work together there and help them out. Right. So, you know, again, you guys can follow me on social media. It's at Darrell Peart. That's D-U-R-E-L-L-P-E-A-R-T. I'm on all, all social platforms. You can go to my website at DarrellPeart.com. Or if you want to just reach out to me directly, you can actually go to another website, TextDarrell.com. That's T-E-X-T my first name dot com and just text and just leave your phone number there and I'll it should be a text and I'll respond back to you and we'll be able to talk further if you want to possibly do some work of how I can help you. I'm a music business consultant. I essentially help independent creators navigate this crazy thing we call the music business and really show them ultimately how to build a core audience. You know, I created a framework called the Genesis of Superfan Building because everything today about for independent creatives should be the, be about getting super fans and building a core audience. I really believe that, and that's the core of my message. Very good, and we thank you so much for coming and sharing your time and talent with us, basically giving us a free session. Really appreciate your sharing your information and helping lay the groundwork, maybe help some indie creatives learn how to get started in the business and hopefully give you a call and maybe you can help them out the rest of the way until they come back on the show here themselves. Thank you, Durell. 
Thank you so much. Hey, you're welcome, guys. Thank you guys for having me. Have you're welcome, day. ladies and gentlemen. Darrell Pert, Rockstar 101, here on the David Bowers Awards. We have our next guest standing by, or hopefully sitting by and relaxing so that he's not getting too tired there. But we're going to bring him on right after we listen to his tune, Simple Special Moment. On a Sunday, on tour, barely getting paid. Neon sign says open all night long. Story of her life in a face. Dreaming she worked a five star place. Kind of she gave away for free. I watched her as she took me to my feet. Honey, baby, sugar, what she called me. Did you write that one yourself? 
Yes, I did. Great. Nice sound. Really enjoy it. And I can't wait to share your latest with them. What We're going to talk with you first. Tell us a little bit about Michael Coleman, the artist. Well, I am the artistic director of an organization called See Your Shadow Songwriting. And and what we do is we just bring artistic works to life, uh, work that I write and produce and, and, uh, and, and I work with a collaborative network of musicians and, and, and singers and uh, just all around artists. And then we just get together and bring the work that I, that I create to life. We're a band, but we're not a band. And that's the, the interesting thing about uh, what we are. But I'm at the top of the pyramid and then I've got my, my folks you know, that come along for the crazy ride with me. That's always helpful. And uh, I remember you were, uh, for our listeners who are with us every week, uh, you were on the show a few months ago, and uh, we were discussing specifically the See Your Shadow uh, Coalition or organization there. And uh, it is, it's, a, it's an amazing concept you have there. I'm surprised that other people haven't really gotten into this because this is, it's kind of a throwback in a way to the old uh, Brill Building in New York City, where all the songwriters used to get together. Some of them uh, evolved into uh, recording artists out of their work there because they had to go sing the songs to sell them, to pitch them to uh, to artists and the record labels. And uh, this is a very similar thing. Only, I think this is this is more personal. The Brill Building was more on the corporate scale. This is this kind of strikes me as a more personal gathering. It really is because what I what I like to do is I like to surround myself with, with with those that have the same passion and and drive that I have for the arts. And we really do form strong bonds. And you know, when I I call my folks the Sear Shadow Network of Stars, and 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 they really are stars and the part of the family. And one of the things that I always remind folks, anybody that I work with on any project that I do creatively, is that the thing about art is once it's created, it forever ties the people who are involved together forever. Yes. Yes, it does. Absolutely. And we've seen that with so many people over the years through the uh, through the music business. Once you have a pairing, it really it really goes beyond what you just said because some of it, it gets to the point where you expect it. Instantly comes to mind Dionne Warwick and her association with Burt Bacharach and Hal David. I yeah. mean, there was a period there she was doing nothing but their tunes and she was turning out nothing but hits. It was an automatic. You saw Dionne Warwick, Bacharach, David, and you knew it was a hit. Yes, yes, and, 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 and it's, funny, it's funny that you should mention uh, uh, her in particular because uh, I was just watching um, a uh, a clip uh, for, um, where she was performing, and, and she had the same relationship with Barry Manilow, you know, who, who produced mm-hmm. one of her one, one, one of her, one of her big hits, and 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 and, and for for a time there, when you saw one, you saw the other when they were doing that. Uh, that piece right. that was called "I Know I'll Never Love This Way Again," and that was and that's just a, a huge piece, one of one of my favorites, and by her and and yeah, when you saw one, you saw the other. It was it was it was just a really good good melding. Now, how long has this uh, this organization or coalition of yours been together? Well, we are approaching a milestone anniversary, and, and at the end of the summer, and we it'll be our twentieth anniversary. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, the only yeah, the only ones I know that have lasted longer is uh, 
John and I, and we go back to, uh, what, about 1973, so uh, we've got the 20th. <laughs> but we do have our own anniversary coming up here. We are very close. I'm not exactly sure what the number is, but we are very close to our 300th show. So uh, oh, we have geez. our own little anniversary coming up there any week now. I, I'm going to have to get into it and find out because I know I know we're real close. Speaking of John Bon Jovial, I had John, come on in here and say hello. Well, okay, if you insist, I, I will. Uh, <laughs> Michael, welcome back. It is just great to have you on the air with us again, and uh, appreciate your you know patience and waiting to get on. And uh, that new song is that is a simple special moment. Is this a new song? Yes and no. We really it was released in officially released in in January. Because we were going to start the we were going to start the new year. It's going to be the going to be the theme for for a television project that I was going to be doing. And then when the COVID restrictions weren't lifted, we had to we had to put that on hold until until mask mandates went, went away. And 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 now we're now we're going to revisit that. But but I wanted to start the year off with the theme song for, for the project, and that was going to be the theme that is going to be the theme song for for the project. Two weeks ago, we just released our single for for the spring. Which is called Missing West Virginia, and 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 that's being received very well. So so we kind of have the two going simultaneously. And I know that we're going to be playing that here in a few minutes. But just to get back to a simple special moment for a second, I love the bluegrass theme to it, and it's very effective. It's uh, I think it's a this could be played on a traditional country station. It could be played on the so-called new country format. Uh, and I think it could be very successful. It's a great song. It really is. And the only thing that I can add to that is that in the lyrics of the scrambled eggs and the grits, you know, all you got to do is add a little <laughs> bit of that really good New Mexico green chili, and you're going to have yourself a nice <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> oh, that is too funny. <laughs> but, you know, it's interesting that you say that, you know, it could be played on the different stations because it, cause it has it has crossed over really well. Um, in in our European market, and and it does have that poppy feel to it, while while still holding true to the Americana and traditional traditional roots, and 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 it and it's and it's a piece that that you don't that is written in a way that a lot of songs aren't written these days. There's there's, there's only a handful of them with a snapshot chorus. And 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 that was done intentionally when I when I set out to write the piece. I wanted to I wanted to make sure that it had a snapshot chorus. As far as you know, the impression, uh, the initial impression that you want to give people with that song, um, yeah, you've hit the nail on the head with it because it is a good crossover country song. Uh, it has all the ingredients for a good crossover country song. It is well, the state of radio in the United States of America today is such that uh, pay-to-play obviously is illegal, and I would never suggest anybody do that. But it is so hard today to get a song played just on its merits alone. It was a lot easier back in the 70s when uh, David and I were jocking country back then because so many program directors did what I refer to as texture programming. It fits the concept of what we're trying to do. Let's play it. So, you know, you could play this, and then you could segue into, say, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young Teacher Children. That's a rock and roll group, but they're playing a really good, hard mm-hmm. country song. Uh, but today, that that type of mentality does not seem to exist anymore. 
Yeah, you know, and and and, and it's, it's funny. It's funny that that you should say that because because I mean it's it's so true. I mean the the material, you know. I mean people don't take the material on on its face, you know. And 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 what we do is is we always have the material out front and center. Our emphasis is always on always on the material. The, the song is the star. I always I always tell my folks it's the song that is the star of the show. Excellent, excellent way of looking at it. I like that. And we're tap dancing all around a question that I have, uh, which you brought up. You were mentioning how uh, it's this song is doing very well in Europe and uh, and elsewhere. And uh, John's mentioning about how easy or uneasy it is to uh, get music played here in the States. I wanted to ask you, why do you think that so many artists are experiencing releases that are making it in Europe, Australia, and other places mm-hmm. around the world before they ever make it here in the States? You know, it's so funny because because those markets are more open you know, you know, two two newer things. You know, I'll give you I'll give you a good a, a a good a good example. You know, I mean, you have with your older artists. You know that that you could have a string of hits. You know, you know, and and and, and then you come out with a new with a new record, and you can't get airplay here in the United States. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Dolly Parton is a good example of that. Uh, uh, I, I remember her talking about that when I was down in Nashville um, a few years back, and 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 and, and, and I was also I had lunch with the gentleman that wrote Midnight Train to Georgia. All right, mm-hmm. and 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 he could not get any publisher to to even listen to his new material. Yeah, because he was past his prime. According to them. Well, that's why we have this show. That's exactly why we have this show. One more exposure to artists that won't get it anywhere else. Exactly. One more stage for them to present themselves and their music. And it's really a shame that I think it's an outgrowth to a large extent of our formatted radio and the fact that uh, everything has to be labeled. Everything has to be categorized. All of a sudden, you've got a bunch of stations with limited playlists and they're further confining themselves by limiting the types or the variations of music. And when you come down to it, it's really strange because all music is basically variants of the same theme. It's music. All right. Some of it is a little more country oriented than others, but as you've just so well put, there are, there are songs that are country that are also pop music or rock sounds. And uh, there's a lot of that I've noticed in country recently with the pop country sounds. And the purists don't like that because it's not what, uh, you know, what is considered classic country. It's not George Jones, George Strait or whatever. It's a more pop sound or arena country as they sometimes call it. But, oh, uh, I haven't heard that one. I like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's uh, Matter of fact, that is one that is uh, actually more well-known in Canada than it is here in the States. But uh, this is signals, in some areas at least, a broadening of the tight reins of genre where people are starting to kind of rebel against that strict classification and they want to branch out and 
Well, you go back to the uh, 50s and 60s. I mean, the Everly Brothers were basically a country act, but they made big noise on pop. Today, they probably wouldn't get played on a pop station. Yes, oh, 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 most definitely. That, 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 I, I actually love the Everly Brothers. So, so yeah, yeah. Oh, me too. Most, most definitely, most definitely. And but you know, but I think part of the problem though also is is the is the industry you know trying to control the artist in terms of you know you have to have a heart open or you or you can't have or you can't have uh, you can't showcase the musicianship in in, in the piece. Yeah, everything has to be so formulaic, and and mm-hmm. and, and and I think. That does the fans and listeners a a disservice because you've got everything fitted into a cookie cutter format, and you really lose the you, you really lose the 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 artistry. Think of a modern record where where the guitar player was showcased or 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 or, or, or either in the introduction or, or or in the bridge where it was just the musicians that shot you know right. you know that that had the spotlight you know I will readily admit modern music yeah, yeah I will readily admit myself to being stuck in label land because while I try <laughs> to keep my mind open as far as genres of music and the mixing of genres Having jocked country music for as many years as I did, the majority of my on-air radio experience was as a country disc jockey. So I cut my teeth on George Jones and Waylon Jennings and Tammy Wynette and uh, Crystal Gale and Loretta Lynn. And sometimes I hear some of this newer stuff. Um, Miranda Lambert comes to mind. Very talented, but... I listen to her and I'm thinking, that's not country, not like I know it. So I right. find myself being guilty of that as well. Well, you you and, made a good he, point. John made a good point when he mentioned when he mentioned Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, and Teacher Children. I remember program directors who were totally blown away and baffled. Do we play this on this station? We're a rock station. Do we play that or exactly. not? Exactly. Yeah, and then there were there were exactly. country stations that wanted to play it, but they were afraid to because these guys are not going to play any music by those long-haired hippies. That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and by the way, a piece, a piece of useless trivia because my mind is a treasure trove of useless information. Uh, the pedal steel guitar on Teacher Children is played by Jerry Garcia of the Grateful Dead. Is it really? Oh. I did not know. Did that. not know that. <laughs> yeah, I did not know now that. Now you do. <laughs> <laughs> that that is excellent trivia there, uh, Tommy Smoke. I'll I look mean, for John that on, bon on, on Jeopardy as the next. As a, as a, watch that be a clue on Jeopardy. Uh, now there now you on go. the There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, Michael, we've got a track coming up that we've referred to a couple of times, "Missing West Virginia," and we're going to talk about that in just a couple of moments here. But I want to I want to give you a chance one to tell us what's coming up next in your future what's down the road oh since well we got a, we have a lot of things coming up actually um of course we have the we have the new single single that's out right now and then and, and i'm thinking that that i will 
re-release my most infamous track on 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 its tenth anniversary. I'll remaster and re and re-release that my most infamous track, which is which is the one I was getting death threats on uh, the Rugburn track. Uh, I think I think I may re-release that during the summer, and we may and and I probably will do Sea Shadow will probably do a two disc retrospective uh, in honor of the twentieth anniversary, um, because a lot of a lot of people don't you know they're familiar with us now. But a lot of but a lot of our a lot of our fans and, and a lot of people don't don't know the history of of Sea of Shadow and and that I was behind a lot of things that they that they may be familiar with but they did not know that that it actually was me. Uh, so so, so I'm gonna do that. Yeah, we definitely love to hear that. That you mentioned earlier when we talk about what you have coming up, you mentioned earlier that Simple Special Moment was the uh, was the soundtrack for a project you had going. Can you tell us anything about that? Yeah, sure. sure. I don't know if, if at the time that uh, I was on the show the last time, um, um, I had won, See Your Shadow had won uh, um, Artist of the Year, Alternative uh, Artist of the Year by the International Music Association. We won that uh, last year. And, and as part of that win, uh, um, there was a, a, a television uh, station out of Atlanta, that 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 we were been negotiating with for me to do a television project, and so so what I wanted to do, I wanted to be able to keep in my keep in mind what I love to do and and the impact that I like to have on people, and so so we were going to do the project was going to be was going to be it's called, called Metro on the Metro, and it was just going to be me. Me making brighter, brighter days of diff, of strange, random strangers that I had that, that I encounter on on the, on the train in different cities. So oh, so it's just going to be metro on the metro, and 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 just me interacting with with, with total strangers uh, and 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 brightening up their day. Awesome! I definitely look forward to that. You got to keep us advised about that. And let us know when it's coming up. Uh, now, before we let you go, here's your opportunity to tell the folks how they can follow you, learn about See Your Shadow, learn what you've got coming up, keep in touch with you, and uh, all that jazz. Tell them where to find you. Well, our flagship website is seeyourshadow.com. That's S-E-E-Y-O-U-R-F-H-A-D-O-W.com. You can follow us on Facebook. That's that's the preferred social media platform uh, that that I like. About by the time uh, you know you're up, up to doing all the social media platforms, uh, you're doing nothing but because things like a new one comes out every day. Oh, yeah. So 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 that's the, that's the preferred platform is Facebook. And I also encourage folks to find me personally on on Facebook. You'll see Michael Coleman with the cowboy hat. And, and and send me a friend request. Say that you heard me on the show, or, or you learned about me on the show. And 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 uh, and and because I'm always, I love to connect with 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 new people and and learn more about new people and 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 start friendships with. Because you never know where your next friendship is coming from. And you know, exactly. and, and if I'm in the city, if, I, if, if I'm going to be in your city, I could do a blast and say, hey, you know, I'm we're, I'm here. Let's get together. So I always Absolutely. encourage folks to, 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 to look at me, look me up personally. And if you make it down to the native, uh, to the Naples, Fort Myers area of Florida, give John a holler. You make it out Phoenix way. Give me a shout because I'd love to meet you too. Now we've well, got about well, well, thirty well, seconds. we are neighbors. We are neighbors. Well, I remember, I, we're, we're based out of Phoenix. We're Phoenix. We we were we are Phoenix's number one independent artist, That's according right. to Reverb Nation. 
Yeah. We, I got to make a note. We got to get in touch and, and see if we can get together one of these days. But uh, before we run out of time here, I want to give you a chance to tell us about Missing West Virginia. Uh, well, this is our it's our latest single, and this is the story behind behind this single. It actually came came to me, uh, you know, cosmically. I was having a conversation with 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 my publisher, and he was talking about a singer that he had met, and uh, and and that at lunch that he had lunch with, you know, about an hour before before he and I were talking, and then when I hung up the phone, a line the line missing West Virginia came to me, and and the melody came to me. So I called him back and I asked him, said, what's the significance of this? I can't get this out of my mind ever since, ever, ever since we were talking. And, and, and he told me about Aaron. And he said, Michael, uh, at lunch, Aaron said, he's from West Virginia. He told me how much he misses West Virginia. It, it, was, it was like, are you serious? No, it, it, literally, it literally came out of nowhere like that. And so... I put pen to paper, and I had never been to West Virginia before uh, at the time that the song was written, and so, 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 yeah, it was just that cosmic. Awesome! That that is really, really wild, especially the fact that you at that time had never even been to West Virginia. Quite amazing, Michael Coleman of See Your Shadow. We want to thank you for spending more time with us again today, and for sharing your music, your thoughts, and your ideas. And we look forward to being in touch, keeping in touch, and having you back again in the future. Oh, I would love to, I would love to be back on. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, our pleasure indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Coleman, this is Missing West Virginia. a long way from home not knowing what's in store he left everything behind to his past to close that door bittersweet memories they invade his dreams she's such a part of him in his blood she remains and he's missing West Virginia
Missing West Virginia. That's Michael Coleman of the uh, See Your Shadow Group. And uh, great sound. So glad that he could spend time with us today. Especially glad that you could spend time with us today because without you, there is no us. We want to thank Michael. We also want to thank Darrell Parrott for coming in for Rockstar 101. John Bon Jovial, I think it's time to take us home. It is that time. Boy, this hour has gone by quickly, and you folks made it happen, and we really do appreciate sincerely from the bottom of our hearts the fact that you spent another hour with us here at the David Bowers Awards, which just happens to be broadcast around the world from the studios of Computer Help USA in Naples, Florida, and, of course, from the Valley of the Sun in Tempe, Arizona. We are available for free on most of the major streaming services. You can help the David Bowers Awards support indie artists and music by clicking the link at the end of this episode on Anchor FM and making a donation. That'd be pretty cool if you did that. Click to follow the David Bowers Awards wherever you listen to your music podcasts and join us next week for the David Bowers Awards Saturday on WRFC FM Rochester, New York. That's 106.3 on your FM radio dial, otherwise known as Rochester Free Radio, and that's at noon Eastern. And you can also find us Sundays on Blog Talk Radio at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and 7 p.m. UTC. So until next week, for the David Bowers and all of the other crew of rejects here at the Radio Ranchero, I am John Bon Jovial. Some people accuse me of being legendary. I accept that. It's a dirty job, but somebody's got to do it. We'll see you next week right here on the David Bowers Awards. <laughs>